0: how's everybody doing all right I have a question to ask you guys and I want you to tell me by a, a show of hands how many of you have been madly in love before let me see your hands I just saw a lady just elbow her husband back there in the back be kind be kind um, well I remember when I was about 17 or 18 years old uh, I was madly in love with someone it was like my first serious relationship and um It was an amazing girl. She was actually on stage a a couple of minutes ago. And, uh, and, uh, and the weekends were the only days that I I could spend time with her and with her family. And, And here's the big problem that I had right when we first started dating and liking each other. Um, a few months after that, my car broke down and so it was real hard for me to get to her house i mean at first it wasn't that bad i I would ask my parents to drop me off and and they would take me and sometimes i'd ask her parents to give me a ride you know but that got old pretty quick you know weekend after weekend like people working their schedule around my schedule and um it got to a point where I, i had to ask myself how much do i want to see her how far do i want my relationship with her to go is this just a pastime? for me? Or is this just a girl that I I think is cute, a girl that I like? Or or could she be the one that I spend the rest of my life with? And from that point on, I said to myself, I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my relationship with her. So if I can't get a ride from someone, I'm going to walk to her house. I'm going to ride my bike to her house. And that's what I started doing. And and she didn't really live that close to my house. One day, um, I was actually riding my bike to her house. Um, And and I'm riding my bike and and I guess I was taking a little longer than I I usually took and As I'm riding my bike. I hear my cell phone going off and and you got to imagine I'm 33 now I was about 18 19 years old at the time and so cell phones were about this big, right? And so I'm riding my bike and my cell phone's ringing. I was wearing these parachute pants, so it was like on the bottom pocket. And so as I'm riding my bike, I'm trying to get the phone, and I can't get it. And, and I'm trying to get it, and all of a sudden, I lose control of the bike, and I I crash into this rock, and I fly off of the bike. And and when I land, boom, you know, I got like dirt in my mouth. I'm spitting it out. And I'm like, hello. And she's like, uh, where are you? Are you okay? What happened? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You don't sound fine. And I'm like, well, you know, you're calling me. I'm trying to get the phone while you were calling me. And I flew off of the bike. She's like, oh, no. Uh, you want me to have my dad come pick you up? And, and you can imagine the last thing I wanted was her dad to come pick me up. I'm trying to impress the man, you know, and, and I can't even ride a bike. And so um, I'm like, no, 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 I'll be OK. I'll be OK. And, and I hadn't seen my bike yet. And I, I start walking towards my bike and, and and the wheel in the front had like bent. Practically, it was like a V now it was no longer a circle. And uh, and so I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I'm trying, you know, like I said earlier, when I was dedicating Stella, I'm Cuban, so we're resourceful and I'm trying to like straighten that thing out. I'm trying to ride it and, and the things like this. And so I finally said, all right, let me call her and tell her to have her dad come pick me up in the back of these warehouses on my way to her house and, and so I call her I'm like, yeah, you know what, come pick me up. And and my father in law is actually here today. And and when he got there, he may not remember this. He didn't say a word to me. He just was like this. You know? And uh and I put the bike in the back of his car and, and we got to his house. And let me tell you something. Leilani was so important to me, and being with her, spending time with her and her family meant so much to me that I would do whatever it took to see her, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of my condition at the time. I was going to find a way to see her, whatever it took. You see, all of us have something in our life that we long for, something in our life that we desire more than anything. Maybe for you, you've reached it. Or maybe for you, you've been spending your entire life trying to attain it, trying to touch it, trying to feel it. For many of you, as I'm talking about this, whatever that thing is that you want, that you're obsessing about, you're seeing it right now in your mind. You're like, yep, that's what it is. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's as simple as a new car or a new house or to remodel your house or, or a new job. You can't stand the job that you have now. You want a new job. For some of you, it's just a plain old job. You just need a job. You've been employed, unemployed for some time. And you've filled out, like, every single, like, uh, job application. You've walked every mall. I mean, you're just trying to get a job however you can. For some of you, maybe it's the iPhone 4S. You know, you're a little vain, you know. And, uh, and you want that new iPhone, but you're still in contract. And so you're trying to figure out a way to, like, find a way, you know, what about if I just add like a family shared plan, you know, and then I get that phone and I put it on. It's not like I thought about any of this stuff, you know, for some of you, man, you just want a wife and and 10 years ago you had like this list. She has to be blonde and six feet tall. She has to be like the perfect woman and 10 years have gone by and you're like, I'll take whatever you got. God, just send her to me. All right. Maybe for others of you, it's a, it's a husband. You, you want to get married. Maybe for for you, it's a little more serious. You've dreamed of having a child and, and, and maybe even just seeing me with, with my kids up here, like, oh, you know, I wish I could have a family of my own, kids of my own. I mean, this is so bad. You're so obsessed about it that you're like walking around with a thermometer in your back pocket all the time, taking your temperature. Okay, my ovulating is time. Honey, it's time. That, that's how passionate you are about this one thing that you want. It's like all that you can think about. All of us at one point or another in our life have done whatever it takes to reach or try to reach that thing that means the most to us in our life. And today we're going to be meeting a person in the Bible that lived life like that. A woman that lived an exemplary life. But before we jump into today's text, I want to set the stage for you, Mary and joseph they've traveled for about a week to bring Jesus to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. same thing that, that you guys just saw here. Jesus' parents did the same thing. they brought the child to church to bring him and dedicate him to the Lord for the lord 's work. and when they arrived at the temple, they encountered two prophets, the first one, a man named Simeon, which Pastor Bob talked about for a while last week, and the second a woman. A prophet by the name of Anna. And today we're going to take a look at her life as we continue in this series that we've titled Advent. So please open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. And we're picking it up in verse 36. Luke 2, verse 36. It says There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. She comes up to Mary and Joseph and and Jesus, and she thanks. She gives thanks to God, and she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. If you'd stop there and give me your attention. The prophet Anna had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, and Luke doesn't tell us much about the encounter. But if we look at this passage, what Luke does do is he describes what led Anna to encounter Jesus. Luke tells us about the kind of person that Anna was. The kind of life that she lived that brought her to encounter the Messiah face to face. And this is what we're going to spend our time looking at. See, Anna had been married for seven years. And then she lived about 60 years as a widow. It's significant to note that she's not bitter, she's not angry, she's not consumed by her tragic circumstance. And here's the thing, if anyone had the right to be bitter and sad and upset and mad at God, it was Anna. Anna was widowed in her early 20s, widowed in a culture that provided few possibilities And security for widows. And you're thinking, man, 20 years old? Can't she just get married again? She's just starting life. Let me tell you, back in the days, in the time of Jesus, people were getting married 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And so seeing her at 20, she was an old woman. You know, that's not what the men of the time wanted. They wanted a young girl, like a lot of old men nowadays, right? (laughs) And uh, she had no children. It doesn't mention that she had any children to take care of her, which means she, she either didn't have kids or her kids had abandoned her. So getting married was not an option. Who would marry this woman? Her dreams of, of a family, of having a husband to love and take care of her were gone. Anna had every right to be miserable. She could have wallowed in bitterness and self-pity, but instead we find Anna day and night serving in the temple, serving at church. She's fasting and praying, focused on deepening her relationship with God. And that day in the temple at age 84, she has a face to face encounter with Jesus. And I want you to understand, Anna spotting Jesus was not something that would have been easy. You see, it's not like Adam and Simeon were like custodians at like a little church on Palm Avenue and Hialeah, you know. And it's Monday morning and they're mopping up the church. And all of a sudden a couple walks in with a cute little baby and they're like, it's got to be Jesus because it's Monday. No one comes to church on Monday. That, that wasn't the case here. The temple in Jerusalem was the center of the world for the Jewish people. There were thousands and thousands of people there, in and out, and all over that place. It was like Walmart on Black Friday. Okay? A lot of stuff going on. And in the middle of this, Anna, led by the Holy Spirit, sees Jesus. She sees Jesus. She spots him among thousands and thousands of people. And when I read this, I ask myself the question, There was thousands of people in Jerusalem that day. How come only two old people noticed that God was in their midst? The people, they were blinded. That is what was happening there in Jerusalem at the time. They were blinded. It was just what they were doing at the temple wasn't because they were trying to encounter God. It wasn't because they were trying to be closer to God. It had become a ritual. It had become a tradition. It was no longer about getting closer to God. It was just what we do. You know, it's part of our culture. We go to church. We light candles. We do stuff like that. But it has nothing to do with a relationship with God. And so God is there among them. And they don't even notice them. Let's stop and think about that. Doesn't that sound very familiar? Especially now during the holidays as as we're celebrating. Doesn't that sound a lot like Christmas? All over the world right now, especially here in the United States, in the middle of one of the largest financial crises that most of us have ever witnessed. All that people can think about is, what am I going to get? What am I going to buy? When's the next party? How can I coordinate so that I can go to every single party that I'm invited to? All we're thinking about is what and how much am I going to spend? I freaked out when I Googled this. I Googled how much money did Americans spend in 2010 on Christmas? This is going to freak some of y'all Americans spend 36.4 not million billion dollars on Christmas. See this holiday it's supposed to be the biggest thing that's ever happened to the world the best thing that can ever happen to mankind god sent jesus to save us from eternal damnation and most people even sometimes us forget or don't see it or are blinded i was watching the lighting of the tree at rockefeller center the other day and there was this amazing choir Did anybody see that the lighting of the tree in new york yeah i watched it this year for the first time and And there was this choir singing joy to the world and I'm watching this on national television and I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm like What you know, and it's not like a song that I haven't heard before I've sung it A bunch of times, but I'm hearing this on national TV with a bunch of people that I know that don't know about God. And and I'm going to read the lyrics to you. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. And this is like the verse that really like blew me away. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And the last verse is this. He rules the earth with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Hello? Hello? I mean all I could think about when I was watching this was do you hear what I hear I mean that's the gospel the gospel being sung on national television and yet the world is blind Jesus is right there and people don't even see him Jesus was right there in the temple and Anna was the only one that saw him why is that how come Anna, of all the old people, of all the people there, this old lady that probably didn't even see very well, spotted baby Jesus among the thousands, spotted the Messiah, God in the flesh. You know why Anna had an encounter with Jesus? It's the first filling in your outline. It's because she was pursuing God. Because she had dedicated herself to the Lord. The number one priority in her life was God. She's like, all these messed up things have happened to me in my life and, and and I could do what everyone else does when this happens to them and just be miserable in my home and crying and hoping that people would have pity upon me and come visit me and maybe give me some alms because man, the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone. I'm all alone. She had every right for this to happen, to, to feel that way. And yet she didn't. See, sometimes we wonder, how come... I don't see God doing things in my life. We hear about what God does in people's lives and, and like this happens to him and happens to her, but it never happens to me. Where is God in your life? Is he a priority in your life or is he just like just something that you do or just something that you remember when you really need something? The Bible says this in Matthew 6, 33. It's your memory verse. And I want to challenge you. To so memorize that. And, and if you take that challenge on the back of your connection card, you could just check that off. I'm going to memorize Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You put God first in your life, and you will see how everything else will begin to fall into place. There's this misconception that people that follow God are, are boring people, are sad people. Let me tell you something. That's not true. You put God first in your life, and you will see how everything will begin to fall into place. Do you know that God wants to have an encounter with you? God wants to have an encounter with each and every one of you. Every single human being that has ever lived and will live has been designed for that very same thing to see God face to face. In the book of Genesis, we learn that Adam walked with God, Adam talked with God, Adam saw God face to face. But the same thing that stopped that relationship is the same thing that gets in the way of our relationship with God. And the same reason that we don't experience God the way that we should, the way that we were designed to experience him. And it's sin that keeps us from encountering Jesus. Sin is what gets in the way of our relationship with God in hebrews chapter 12 the bible describes sin as something that entangles you something that ties you up it says easily entangles you and before you know it this little sin has grabbed you and you're caught up in this sticky web this summer i took my boys fishing for the first time and i was so excited this is a moment that i had dreamed about my entire life even before i had kids i had thought about the day that i would take my kids fishing And when I found out that my first son, my my oldest child was a boy, you know, we're seeing the sonogram and it's like, it's a boy. And I was like, yes. And shortly after I thought, man, I can't wait until the moment, the day that I could take him fishing for the first time. You know, it's, it just brought back great memories. It brought back memories of, of when I went fishing with my father, and, and those were great times. And, and so I wanted to have the same time with my kids. And so this summer, we're in the Keys, and uh, my, my kids, I got them fishing rods, and, and I got my fishing rod. I got my tackle and the bait. And as I'm doing all this, my wife's looking at me, and she's like, honey, do you realize that there are two and four? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're perfect. That's the perfect age. I actually have a picture of them as they're walking to go fishing. Um, and as you can see, Joshi was a lot smaller and, and there's Caleb and, and we're walking over there and I, I got my iPhone and I'm taking pictures. I got like my bigger camera and I'm like, stop, stop, take a picture. And, and here's another picture. There's Caleb posing. He wasn't even fishing. I'm like, just probably just stand there and hold that, that way, you know? And I'm like, stay still. He thought it was a sword and he's like, Shh. I'm like, just stand there and hold it. And I finally got a picture. And uh, and it's because I wanted to remember, I wanted to create memories with my kids. I I wanted to get get these pictures and one day they would look at it and be like, oh, that first time that I went fishing with my dad. And so finally we get to the rock where we're going to start fishing and I begin to explain to them, this is a hook and uh, it's dangerous. And, And the little one's like, what's dangerous? And I'm like, it could hurt. It hurts you know he's like okay and so I put it on the end I put bait on it and and I'm like well you cast it and they're trying to do it and they have no idea how to do it and finally they learn how to throw it and and then uh, finally when their bait is in the water I, I go to get my rod and and before I could even grab my rod they're fighting and, and they're yelling because their lines have gotten tangled up has that ever happened to when you go fishing your line gets tangled up and I'm like oh and so I put my rod down. I untangle their thing. I had to actually cut one of the lines. And I rehook it for bait, throw it back in the water. And then finally I get to throw. And as soon as my bait like hits the water, they're fighting again. The rods are tangled. And this happened over and over and over again. I'm cutting their rods, breaking their lines. And, and to the point where Caleb broke my heart. And he looked at me and said, Papi, I don't like fishing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you have no idea what you've done to me. And and then the other one's like, yeah, we want to have fun. This is boring. And Joshy starts grabbing the bait and he's throwing it in the water. He's like, let's feed the fish. Let's feed the fish. And I'm like, oh. And here's the thing: all of my dreams, these 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 fantasies that I had about fishing with my two boys, were ruined because the lines kept getting tangled up. My dreams and 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 these memories that I wanted to create with my kids were ruined because the lines. Got tangled up over and over again. And that's what sin does. It tangles up and destroys our dreams. It destroys our vision. It destroys our plans. It just tangles it up. And before you know it, everything that you had planned, everything that you wanted to do, you can't reach it anymore. See, it destroys God's plan for our life. And the only way that we can overcome this sin, the only way that we can have an encounter with Jesus like Anna did is if we live a life that actively pursues the Lord. See, isn't it amazing that the God who created you and created me and created everything wants us to pursue him, to seek him? And you know why? It's because God wants true fellowship. And true fellowship goes both ways. And some of you may be thinking, like, uh, shouldn't God be the one that's pursuing me? Shouldn't God be the one that's seeking me? And you know what? He does. Many of you, how was your life before you met Jesus? How was your life before you gave your heart to Jesus? God pursued you. The Holy Spirit convicted you. You gave your life to Jesus. He saved you. But it's been like a a one-way relationship. In Luke 11, Jesus said this, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. This is... Verse, a verse that I memorized at a real early age. And, and the way that I would apply it is if you have a prayer request, ask and you will receive. If you're looking for something, seek and you will find it. You know, sometimes my wife is like, honey, have you seen my, the blower? And I'm like, seek and you shall find. All right. That doesn't work out that well when I quote scripture that way. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. You know what God's saying there? He's practically saying the same thing three times. He's saying, you know what? Pursue me. Seek me. And you will find me. How many of you have a relationship where that seems like it just works one way? Like you're the one that's always helping, you're the one that's always one call away. You're the one that sends the encouraging emails and and letters and notes and cards. You're the one who always remembers your friend's birthday, the anniversaries, you know, you always send the appropriate gift. You're the one that always gets your friend out of financial jams. You know, maybe it's a family member and you deeply care about this person. But sometimes you wish that they would do the same thing back to you. Does anybody know anyone like that? Has anyone experienced something like that? We all have. We all have someone that we know that it's like a one way relationship. And and you know what? And you don't want your friend to feel guilty, but you just wish that sometimes like they were the ones calling you. They were the ones sending you a text. They were the ones liking your pictures on Facebook because you're always liking their pictures. And you wonder why don't they know that I'm liking them? You know, shouldn't they like me back? You know, And you don't want to guilt them. You don't want them to do stuff because it's their duty. Oh my gosh, she called me. Let me call her back. But you want it to be natural because that's what friends do. Friends give even when it's not normal. Friends love even when people don't understand why you love them. True friends give regardless. See, God is always sending us good things and He cares for our needs. Despite our selfishness, despite our ignorance, despite our rebelliousness, God deserves more than our attention. He deserves our affections. He doesn't just want us to listen to him. He wants us to know him. God just doesn't want you to come hear a message. He wants you to have an encounter with him. He wants you to follow hard after him. Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen. write this down and says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's like a promise from God. Seek me with everything that you got and you are going to find me. You are going to have an Anna encounter with me. If you want to have an encounter with Jesus, then you need to actively pursue him. And so the question today is how can we actively pursue the Lord? The first way that we do this, it's by talking to God every day. Talk to God every single day. Never stop praying. The Bible says in First Thessalonians 5, 17, just talk to God. It's simple. I don't know how to pray. Hey, if you know how to talk, just talk to God. Um, I taught my kids how to pray when, when they were little. They were just little kids as soon as they first learned how to talk. And, and at first, I knew that they really didn't even know. They didn't know what was going on. But I said, let's pray. Close your eyes, bow your heads, and repeat after me. And uh, I said, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for mommy, papi, Caleb, and Joshua. Stella wasn't around yet. And we prayed that prayer for almost one entire year. The same prayer over and over and over. And sometimes I'm like, is this even working? And then one night, they're getting ready to go to bed. And we're like, dear God, thank you for mommy, Poppy, Caleb, and Joshi. In Jesus' name. And Caleb goes, wait, wait, what about Joel? And I'm like, and Joel. You know, in Jesus' name, amen. And and the reason why they wanted to pray for Joel that night was because he was in our house. He had dinner with us. He was playing with them. He was messing around with them. And and so they wanted to thank God for him. And then a couple weeks later, thank you for Mommy, Papi, Caleb, and Josh in Jesus' name. And Caleb was like, wait, 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 wait. I want to pray for my dinosaur. He had just gotten a brand new dinosaur. He's thanking God for that. And now it's been way over a year. And before we go to sleep now, you should hear their prayers. I never said this is how you pray this is I just I just started going over it every single day making it a practice something that we did and now when they pray they they thank for mommy for their family they thank God for the boys and girls that don't have shoes because I bought them a pair of Tom's and I, I explained to them, you know, give one, get one or one for one or whatever. I explained to them there was boys and girls that don't have shoes and, and we saw this video and and they saw those boys and girls. That's what they pray for. They pray for the homeless. They pray for the boys and girls that don't have mommies and poppies, the boys and girls that don't have clean water all by themselves because they're just talking to God every day. They're beginning to pursue God every day. You know, the next thing that we need to do, we need to start studying the Bible. Okay. It's enough with Russian roulette. You know, a lot of people do the Bible Russian roulette type of thing. It's like, brrr, and wherever it stops, God's speaking to me. Okay, you know, go and hang yourself. And you're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. You know, uh, let's study the word of God. And I have, and I apologize if, if you don't like my kids, but I have one more example. And the reason why I tell this story is because if a two and a four-year-old could do it, a three-year-old and a four-year-old can do this, then a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 50-year-old, it should be so easy for us if, if we're just children. And that's why Jesus said, let the children come to me, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God is asking you and me, you know what? You it should be more like kids. Um, I read the Bible to them every night. And at the Action Bible, we had like four, and after the first service, they're gone. They're all gone. But John said, you'll have more next week. I read them the Action Bible every night. And I'll be honest with you, I like to confess my sins and obey the Bible. Um, every once in a while, um, I'm tired, and I just want to go to sleep, and I want them to go to sleep. And it, maybe it's been a long day, we just got home from a friend's house or whatever, and and I try to trick them. And so we walk into the room, I get into bed, I turn up the light, and I'm like, all right, let's pray. And they're like, but wait, papi. You're not going to read us the Bible? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. You know, crucify me after service. And this hasn't happened once. It's happened a few times that poppies tried to not be a good boy, you know. And, and, uh, and every single time there hasn't been one night that they let me get away with it because they're reading the word of God. The Bible says in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, actively pursue God by reading and studying his word on a regular basis. The third thing is getting involved at church. Yeah, it sounds simple, but you know what? Get involved in what God is doing here at our church and you will see how your life will begin to change. And it's it's a real simple way that you can get involved. You know what? Attend every week. You know, don't just make it on Christmas or when we're taking pictures. Make it a point in your life. The same way you get up and hopefully brush your teeth every day and take a shower. Come to church on Sundays and you will see how God will begin to change your life. Another way, like Anna, serving in the temple, begin serving here at the church. Get involved with what the Lord is doing here at our church. Another way is join a growth group. You're thinking like growth group. What is that? You know what? That's just a group of people that get together once a week and study the word of God. And and maybe somebody, oh, Mark, I'm just not that kind of person. You know, I I don't like showing up at someone's house. You know what? Then open your house, host a growth group. And now they come to your house at the time that you want on the night that works for you. And they just show up at your house and they talk to you about God and you get to know people better than you ever have. I just led a group um, that ended a couple weeks ago. And, uh, I can't tell you how awesome it was for me to see God changing the people and changing myself every week, every week we got together and God was just changing us and doing amazing things in our life and hearing testimonies and praying for each other and talking on the phone. I remember uh, one of the one of the times that we met, I'm like, hey, let's break up into groups and pray for each other. And it was like one and one and one. Everybody broke up and was praying for each other. I, I thought three minutes. That's how long it's going to last. And like 10 minutes later, there's still people praying. There were still people talking, talking about what was happening in their life. In just a few weeks, how God began to change that group as we were pursuing God together. And the last thing is attend events at Calvary. We're always doing different types of events. Do you know that in a couple of weeks there's about fifty people that have signed up to go Christmas caroling at old folks' homes and at uh, orphanages. Fifty people. When I when I, how many people have signed up? No, around fifty people. I'm like what? 50 people on the back of your connection card, you could be one of those 50 people and go and just bless some older people that are alone in the holidays, bless some orphans that are alone in the holiday just by singing a few Christmas carols and loving them yesterday. Um, I'm not, or at the moment, I wasn't that crazy about the event that was happening in the office as I was working on my message, but there was a group of people in the church office yesterday. We're usually closed on Saturday, so I like to go by myself and just, you know, me and god and my notes and and there's these people like laughing like gabe sanchez man he's so loud all right and and i'm in my office and i'm, I'm trying to work on this message and, and and you know learning it and stuff and and oh, 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 you know and, and and i'm like what's going on out here and oh no we're we're just getting ready because we're going to cuba in a couple months and we're real excited about what god's going to do on our preparation to go to cuba and what god's going to do when we go to cuba and they were just really passionate about what god was doing with them and through them and you know that you can be involved with that too that handsome uh viking looking guy that did the connection card a couple of uh, minutes ago joel leads our missions team so just see him after church and say hey i want to go to cuba i want to get involved with what the church is doing and you will see begin to actively pursue the lord your life will change In Hebrews 10, 25, it says, You should not stay away from the church meetings, as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. Imagine what our lives would look like if the one thing, the one thing that we desired most in our life, the biggest desire that we have would be to pursue the Lord, to put God first in our life, to make God the center of our life. That when people would talk about you, they would say, man, he is a person that loves the Lord. He is a person that day and night was serving God and wherever he was, loving people and helping people and praying and reading his Bible the same way that people describe Anna. That people would look at you and say, this is who they are. And let me tell you, you would be the happiest person in the world. And I know that every single one of you in this room, that is your desire to be happy and for the people around you to be happy and to be satisfied. The only one that can satisfy you, the only one that can make you happy, the only one that could bring the joy that you deserve and that your family deserves is the Lord. And the only way that you can have that type of encounter with Jesus, that face-to-face encounter with the power of God, is if you decide today, I am going to actively pursue the Lord. It's not convenient. It probably is going to mess up my schedule a little bit and what I like to do on certain days. But God is more important than my schedule. Imagine if I would have decided when I was 17, 18 years old, that, hey, honey, I don't have a car. Uh, let's talk on the phone. Or, you know what, I'll see you on Monday when we go to school. I'm not going to do whatever it takes to see you. I'm just going to, like, if I can get a ride. I can't get a ride. If your dad doesn't want to pick me up, then, you know, tell him he's a jerk. He doesn't want to pick me up. And if he cared about me and, and he cared about you, then he'd pick me up. If I would not have made the decision to say, no matter what, I'm going to get to know her. I'm going to get to know her family. Then what you guys saw. 20, 30 minutes ago, my two boys, Stella, me, and Leilani standing on the stage, that wouldn't have happened. She would have said, I'm going to interest myself and, and be with someone who would do whatever it takes to be with me. Regardless if he can't afford to fix his car or not. That's how our relationship with the Lord should be. I don't care what happens. I don't care if I'm tired on Sunday, if my hair looks bad, if, you know, there's a movie that's coming out. I don't care whatever it is. I'm going to pursue God with everything that I got. And let me tell you something. Your life will never be the same. I dare you to try that. I dare you to decide to be different. If not, then we're just going to be just like the people in the temple that day, blinded jesus is right there the blessings of god are right there and we're not experiencing them because we're not trying to pursue the lord i'm going to ask pastor bob to come out and we're going to have an encounter with jesus now we're going to partake in communion and jesus said every time that you do this do this in remembrance of me but before we partake in communion i just want you to close your eyes And bow your heads and talk to God and ask God is there anything in my life that is getting in the way of my relationship with you what is it God what is that one thing that does not allow me to actively pursue you is it laziness is it pride is it anger is it resentment is it your past is it pride? Because, you know, I just, I just can't do it. i got to live my life the way I want to live it. It's my life. Well, the reason that you're not happy is because you're living life in a way that you were not designed to live it. It's like trying to stick like a circle in a square peg and it just doesn't fit. And you're spending your entire life trying to make it fit some way, somehow. And it's not happening because you were not created to live life the way that you're living it. You were created to live life with the Lord. You were created to speak to God, to talk to God, to fellowship with God. So I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I just want to encourage you just to offer that up to God, to say, God, I've been carrying this sin. I've been carrying this burden. I've been carrying this shame my entire life. And today I want to give it to you, God. Forgive me. And you know what? God's not here to condemn you. He's not here to tell you you're a horrible person. He's here to cheer you on. You can't even understand the joy that God will feel. The happiness, that the, the crazy party that will go on in heaven right now if you just say, this sin has kept me from following God, from pursuing God. I give it to you. The Bible says there's a party that happens in heaven when someone repents, when someone offers their burdens up to the Lord. So I'm going to pray, and as I pray, whatever it is, God doesn't care what it is, just give it to God. And say, from this point forward in my life, I am going to actively pursue you. Even when it's inconvenient, I'm going to pursue you, God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word, because it is power, God. I thank you, Lord, because you're not here to condemn us. You're here to forgive us, to cleanse us and to usher us into a new life, a life filled with joy and happiness, a real life, not a facade, not something that's fake, not something that, you know, it's just a smile that we put on every time we see someone, but that the joy that lives in us is so big that we cannot contain it. Our encounter with you is so amazing that it just overflows, God. It would be our identity. Thank you, Lord, because we have that opportunity right now to say, I'm sorry, God. Sorry for all the things that I've done. Take this away from me. Help me to never turn my back on you, Lord. I want to pursue you actively. I want to encounter Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. We're going to partake in communion, an opportunity for us to encounter God. And and when you come, I, I want you to take the elements, go back to your seat, pray. Pray with your wife, pray with your friends, whoever's around you. Worship God as Pastor Bob leads us in song. And then just hold the elements. I'll come back out and we'll share them together.
1: Amen. Turned into one, you open the eyes of the blind, there's no one like you, none like you, and into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you. None like you. And our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. And our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, God you are healer and awesome in power, I got our God. Our God. could stand again.
0: Bible says in 1st Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me let's partake in the bread together Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was bruised and pierced for us. We thank you, God, that by your strife we are healed. And Lord, I pray that you would heal the brokenhearted today. I thank you for the lives that you've changed today by the power of your name, Lord. Let's take the cup. In the same manner, he also took the cup. And after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. Amen. And dear God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of our sin, of our shame, of our guilt. We thank you that even though we are not worthy, God, you still choose to love us and forgive us. And I pray that today in the lives of many here would mark a change. Father, that today would serve as a monument in many lives. People that have decided to turn their back on sin, turn their back on vain pursuits, and that they would begin to pursue you and seek you, God. In your name we pray, and we give you thanks, and everybody says, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys.